Are you bored? Bored of casting the same old spells in your tabletop role-playing games? How about if you were able to cast a Wall of Horse, which is a 20-foot high dome of pure equine power? If that's the case, then Coffee Steak Studios has got the content for you. You can either check them out by going to their Itch.io store or becoming a Patreon of their Patreon campaign. There'll be links in the show notes. And now, man with the show, Wizard. episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for December now. Um, I appreciate the finer things in life, as I'm sure you're aware by, um, you know, I like my board games, I like many things, but sometimes um, I don't want to be involved in kind of like the clumsiness of throwing dice and placing down meeples. I want to I want to embrace the graceful side of myself. I want to, you know, I want to be kind of glamorous and graceful and gentle. And I I want to potentially be on point as well, which is important to me. So I thought I need to speak to somebody who can help me find my my inner, inner ballerina. And to do that, I've got Elisa Prashad who is from Analog Game Studios, and they're here to talk about On Point, which is the Bally board game, which is currently on Kickstarter right now. So join us as we open the curtains and we start the first act and all the lovely music starts and stuff like that. So there you go. So hello, Elisa, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to... um, Delighted to have you on, have a chat, because I'm very, very intrigued about how you can um how you can take something like ballet and make it into cardboard and stuff like that. So I'm just interested in finding out kind of about how well more, um, basically. Um sure. you've got you've got a couple of days left. Um how's the campaign yes. been kind of going so far? Uh, it's going really well. We funded actually, and mm-hmm. um, we're about 139 percent funded at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of days left to go. So we've achieved our objective, and we're we're quite pleased. Well, that's good. That's good because it's your first time on Kickstarter, and is it your first time putting together a game then? Well, uh, this is my very first uh, game that I came up with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I the theme was something that I hadn't seen out there, and it was very special uh, to me. It's a, a beautiful art form, so mm-hmm. I thought it deserved uh, a game to be made from it. Have you got like a kind of? Have you got a direct connection to? kind of like ballet itself I mean was that something that you've you've taken part in and you've been involved in yourself yes yes uh, I danced for 10 years wow. uh, from six six to 16 yeah. took a 20-year break and then went right back to it so I do adult classes currently all right uh, so pretty much 
my life. <laughs> I've been wow. uh, always dancing. And um, that's not unusual because once people discover ballet, they become mm -hmm. quite passionate about it. And like board games, uh, it's something that you can enjoy uh, lifelong. What, um, what caused the kind of the break? Was it just a case you got to 16 and it's like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I need to, I need to kind of have a seat. I'm quite tired kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when you uh, get to that age, you make mm. a decision whether you're going to pursue it as a career, become mm. a professional or not. Yeah. There isn't any other option. And uh, um, I just, it, it, the life of a dancer is tremendously hard and yeah. requires the be most dedication you can imagine, like a professional mm. athlete or, um, and it was, you know, something that at the time I wasn't ready to fully commit to. Um, mm. so I chose art and advertising and design as right. another way to express myself, but, uh, not through the physicality of dance. So there's no way you can't kind of continue on kind of like a hobby type basis. It's either right 16 are you going to be, I mean, com is competition quite fierce kind of getting into, I mean, are you are you then, once you're 16, are you going into looking at starting kind of professional stuff? Are you looking at going for yeah. kind of, you know, higher level kind of training and stuff like that as well? Exactly. And I wasn't ready to commit to anything like that. You know, mm -hmm. while I love ballet, it wasn't yeah. going to be my sole profession. So. Yeah. I turned a direction, um, as many people do in their teenage yeah. years, you know, you pursue, um, your life's course, you figure out what you want to do. And for me, it was, you know, arts and design. So that's where I ultimately ended up. What kind of, um, what kind of art do you mean? So I, yeah, so I went to the, uh, Ontario College of Art and Design and right. studied a four year program in design advertising. So graphic design and, wow. um, illustration and things of that nature. Um, see when you're doing, when you're involved in a, like a creative medium, when you're relaxing and, and guess chilling out for the day, because a lot of people, like when they're talking about the kind of the art stuff, they say, well, I do like to paint or I like to design or I like to draw. And I do that when I'm relaxing. For you, are you, do you still kind of like to kind of draw and paint and muck around with graphics and stuff like that when you're kind of chilling out and relaxing yourself? Uh, definitely. And even photography, you know, um, mm -hmm. when, when you become a parent and you have a run a business and you have a busy mm -hmm. lifestyle, you don't always have, you know, eight hours to dedicate to painting or yeah. is, but you can snap a photo easily and you can still appreciate beauty in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's in a quicker fashion. So do you prefer to kind of like, do you prefer photography over kind of other art forms then is that kind of like your main is that kind of like your main bag that you would go to then um i love watercolor and right. mosaics and printmaking those are areas like um that i have skill in and, and enjoy but really to do that well you need to dedicate a lot of time uh, it's not something that's a couple hours here and there to do a really professional piece and to put you know, that energy into it, it really des mm. is deserving of, of a lot of time. And, I mean, I've done watercolours myself because I'm a bit of a, 
I like to dabble, ah. as I would say. Okay. Um, so I, I've done a lot of drawing and I, I still okay. draw on occasion. But the mosaic stuff to me is kind of fascinating because um, I'd be honest, that would drive me up the wall because <laughs> my artwork is generally quite controlled. So even when I'm doing watercolours, it's very kind of detailed kind of work that I do. So yep. a mosaic is you have to almost allow for the imperfections. <laughs> to yeah. kind of help kind of form the picture and you might not necessarily be able to get a straight edge when you want to get kind of get a straight edge but do you do yep. you work on bigger pieces or smaller pieces for the the mosaic medium medium sized yeah. and i like i i embrace the imperfection you know uh, i i have a hard time with folks that like stained glass because i i would never be as precision oriented as they are you know you can't miss by a millimeter mm. or your piece won't come together yeah um so i prefer evo- you know the, an evolution of art and being more expressive than being very tight and planned out yeah, we're just not going to get along then, are we? <laughs> we can coexist. It's I've okay. tried. No, I've tried it. You know, I've tried it. Do you know, I've, I've tried actually going. Do you know what? I'm just going to make an almighty. Can I'm just going to do little broad strokes? Let's just get the brush. Let's just do broad strokes, and then let's just do this, and then let's just chuck it out because it looks an absolute mess, and I can't even see kind of any any kind of types of shapes. So I, I do like the kind of the but I find it kind of very very relaxing because. It's almost like if I'm, say, drawing kind of like multiple lines on something, if I'm doing some like fine detail like the hair where I'll generally go in and go, here's a hair and here's another hair. And there's, but I, I'm able to kind of almost like zone out. So the rest of my brain goes like, oh, he's doing a hair. I'm just going to have a break here. And it kind of allows me to kind of reach a, a kind of a, a kind of a state of relaxation almost. For sure. For sure. Um, which is kind of pretty, kind of cool. So commercially, are you, is this what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Are you and kind of, you're doing, you mentioned kind of graphic design. So from yeah. a day-to-day basis, is that what you're doing? Kind of like in uh, order to bring the money? It, it is creative, but it's more mar- on the marketing side and yeah. uh, strategy. So I work with businesses that want to target older folks, you know, 55 plus yeah. And uh, put together, you know, advertising programs, website design, the things, the tools they're going to need and the messaging and the visuals that are going to appeal to older folks. Do you find that's kind of like usability and things like that as well? Do you have Absolutely. to consider kind of like the audience? Because my mother, for instance, she won't, it's only recently that she's kind of discovered Amazon and and then kind of online food shopping when she wasn't able to get about as much as she could do. So we kind of introduced her and she was, I'm not putting my credit card in any damn internet site. And I was like, God, yes, but what happens is you put your details in and then a nice man or woman comes along with some boxes of food that you can then put in your cupboard and you can feed yourself kind of thing. So we're trying to kind of persuade them. So is that what you, do you kind of have to kind of overcome or look at overcoming the boundaries as in kind of like, yeah, this has to look wonderful and enticing, but also at the same time, we don't want to have people coming along and saying, I can't use the damn thing, so I'm just away kind of thing. Do you know what I you know what I mean? Absolutely. You, you, if I mean, you know, f- using a larger font size, for example, and making sure your 
font choice is bold enough for older eyes to view and Mm -hmm. contrast between colors uh, is so critically important because if they can't, if you, if they can't read your message, you're not (laughs) communicating with them and it's not working. Mm -hmm. Uh, So absolutely uh, making sure that readability and also conveying trust uh, because older folks are hesitant to, you know, uh, they've been warned about scams and, um, you know, the, the frightening things that can happen on the internet. So uh, you really need to reassure and uh, through your words and actions that you're not over collecting info to frighten them away. Yeah. um, And that you're, you're demonstrating um, knowledge on the topic that you're uh, promoting. Are you finding that you're getting approached by companies that you would consider normally service a younger clientele as well as the population kind of generally ages and everybody's going, okay, boomer, but the boomers are saying, well, we got all the money. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you need to advertise to us kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, my, you know, the bulk of my business has been in real estate, you know, mm. condos and lifestyle uh, retirement communities. So yeah. they know that their users are going to be older. Mm-hmm. But more recent, over the last couple of years, I've been with businesses that have uh, been smart enough to see that opportunity and have adjusted their offering uh, to cater to an older uh, clientele. And mm. they've received a lot of um, success from it because there are so many uh, affluent older folks that once you gain their trust, they have, you know, a a large income to share and um, just (laughs) proportionate to us. Yes. Yes. I'm not. Yes. Just, you know, here's a nice website. Give me your money. But it's kind of helping them, helping them understand that um, you know they can spend their they can spend their money in a nicer way as long as it's on kind of our website. Um, do you, in terms of kind of like the tabletop side of things and the board game side of things, is it something that you kind of dip into? I mean, how aware how aware were you of that? I mean, obviously. I'm guessing you are aware of games like Monopoly and if like everybody else is, but are mm-hmm. you also involved in the hobby kind of in, in what we call the more kind of modern tabletop stuff as well? Well, I am now. <laughs> um, yeah, through my association with Richard and Analog, I've been mm. in more board game cafes and uh, board game shops mm. over the last several years than I had been up until that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we have a family cottage um, and, you know, spent many weekends all throughout the year playing lots of board games. Yeah. Uh, so certainly the old classics, you know, Battleship, Monopoly, mm. Sorry, Scrabble. I've played all of them endless times. Trivial Pursuit was really big uh, here where we are. Um, and... You know, it was a great bonding time with your friends or your family uh, or both. Um, so, you know, I I have very good memories of what board games mean and represent and how they bring people together. Yeah. And so that's what compelled me to, you know, d- design one myself after um, seeing, you know, what board games are out currently and where I perceived there might be a little uh, opportunity or a little um, untapped uh, audience uh, mm-hmm. that could mm. could be enjoying them too. When you were going in the board game cafe, like as a as an art as an artist, 
were you surprised by the kind of the depth and the level that more that kind of today's board games kind of go to kind of like in an artistic sense because the, the 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 diversity in terms of art presentation is in some ways staggering but was i mean yeah. was that something that was kind of like you were like oh this is kind of was it something that kind of caught your eye when you first went into your first couple of board game cafes Definitely. And overwhelming, just seeing the sheer volume of every type of topic you yeah. can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and the, the visual overload of color and, you know, stylized fonts and different stories they were all telling. Um, yeah, I, I, it was a little unexpected, for sure. And did it give you then the confidence to say, well, actually, yeah, I might as well, I might as well put my game out there as well and let it kind of join the kind of the throng? Because people are doing games about, you know, steam trains and salmon ladders and being in a lift and working at a fruit store and things like that. Yeah. 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 You know, um, Incan gods, you know, I mean, you can, it's like you can flip through an encyclopedia and you can find a game that's based, around, you know, there's a board yeah. game kind of based, kind of based around it kind of thing. So that, that but as there I said, wasn't, yeah. Wow. There wasn't one based on ballet. And, you know, not only that, I was looking around in these shops and cafes mm-hmm. saying where you know, I saw lots of uh, heroes, you know, like uh, knights and gladiators and Vikings, mm-hmm. um, swordsmen of all <laughs> descriptions. And I looked around, I couldn't find any female heroes or heroines. So I'm like, where are the girl <laughs> characters? I don't see any. Um, and, you know, even up to this point, I've seen a few Japanese anime, uh, female characters, Mm -hmm. like heroines that are leading the cover. But other than that, there's a huge gap of, there's, there's nothing. Uh, so that really bothered me, actually. Um, and when I chatted with some of the staff at the, uh, shops, they said, you know, we have a lot of times dads will come in or grandparents looking for a game and they say, do you have any games specifically for girls? Mm. And they don't know what to show them. So when I heard that, I thought, yes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give them something. I think girls deserve a game and boys can play it too. Uh, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, we have, yeah. you know, male, male dancers are well represented in the game, but um, I wanted something very special uh, that girls could play, maybe um, board game dads and dance dads could introduce it to their daughters um, or their girlfriends that yeah. danced in their um, uh, upbringing as well. But to yeah, as a, it would serve as a gateway game, you know, to bring more women into and uh, girls into board gaming because going to cons and other um, board game events, it's it is a disproportionate amount of guys to girls and. Um, so I, I hope that this is the start of what could potentially be more girl themed, uh, games, um, to bring more and to grow the audience of, of women into board gaming. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's always, I mean, it's, it's the same old phrase that gets taught out, but there's more work that needs to be, to be done. And we, we kind of, we kind of support kind of inclusivity in gaming but we're not I wouldn't invite you on the show and say 
here's Elisa, she's a woman who's designed the game because that I don't I don't agree with having we'll never have a woman in here's a woman in gaming hashtag month. We'll never ever do that. You know, if you know there's there's designers I've had Elizabeth Hargrave on the show, um Carla Cop, you know, I'd have them on the show, but I didn't get them on the show because they were female designers. I got them in the show because I was interested in, you know, talking to them as people about their games and about their experiences. And I think, yeah, yeah. you're right. In terms of representation, I think, yeah, there is still a lot of the kind of the, you know, well, she looks cold with her sword kind of thing. Uh, there's still kind of that kind of thing. Funnily enough, yeah. I think, you know, the the tabletop role-playing stuff seems to be getting kind of better representation because I guess in order to have females represented in the role-playing hobby, they just need to turn up. You know, they're not looking for right. a particular kind of game box to say, well, this is the type of game that I kind of want to play, I guess. So yeah. it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's a continual thing, and it's a continual hot debate of folks saying, well, why do you have to change my game? And then there's a lot of people saying, well, if you change the game, it brings more people in, which means it brings more money in, which means it means it brings more interest, which means we get other games and different games. And games like Wingspan kind of proved mm-hmm. that. You know, it was a game that, you know, a lot of people kind of went, oh, I'm not sure. And then they played it and they went, oh, well, we probably wouldn't have had a game like Wingspan and we would be doing kind of other games. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very kind of interesting. What... um. I mean, you know, you say, you know, you were in the store and you went, well, what kind of game can we make? But did you did you go through quite a big development process when you were developing on Point? It has gone through kind of various kind of iterations when you were developing mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, I mean, the hardest part for me was trying to figure out how to uh, best represent dance and move mm-hmm. the movement of dance in a board game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that really took some deep thinking uh, into, I wanted it to to really feel like the experience of uh, the journey of a dancer, you know, starting out at the very beginning dance class and working his or her way, you know, through rehearsals and uh, becoming part of the corps de ballet and then finally, you know, becoming a star. But moving through not only that progression of ballet, but also uh, in order to get from the very start to a star, everybody needs to take the same steps, literally, you know, the the um, hours spent and the uh, diligence of, of practicing ballet movement um, is really what gets you, you know, from the beginning to, to mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. 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 Was it, did you end up kind of... Um, kind of adding more things in or stripping things out as you were kind of playing the game? Was there some things that kind of like you went, oh, this just isn't, it's not going to work or it's not practical or there was the things that you went put in that you went, this is it, this is really kind of helping move everything kind of forward? Definitely. It it was a process over a number of months. You know, we had it um, play tested at a number of designer nights at board game cafes here mm-hmm. in our local city. And, you know, designers gave us a lot of uh, good feedback and some not so good feedback, but that's important too, because it really helps you hone in on what it is you're looking to accomplish uh, mm-hmm. with your game. 
And, you know, certain things weren't working, which we modified. You know, I had a card that was maybe a little bit harsh. It would move you ahead and move all your other players back. Yeah. Uh, but people found it a bit punitive. So, you know, we removed it. And using um, a catch-up mechanism uh, so that whoever's trailing gets to start the next round, um, you know, that evolved over time and through some suggestions from others that helped us really hone in and refine the, the gameplay. I mean, the board's huge. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like you're saying, well, I'm moving through the stages, and it's not a case that it's a it's a small board. You are literally going from the rehearsal room to the kind of the final kind of big stage. Um, I mean, was that part of the plan? Did you say, well, we could represent it by, you know, people getting different cards now or something, but you just say, no, no, I want, I want wooden flooring. <laughs> I want proper yeah. marble. I want yeah. highlights and stuff like that. We like, you kind of very, very kind of clear on it as well. Absolutely. It's photorealistic because unfortunately ballet gets uh, cutesified, if that's even a word. But, you know, if you try to illustrate it, right there. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, it's rare that an illustrator, other than Degas, it's rare that uh, an artist or illustrator can do a a good job uh, illustrating the particular precise movements of ballet mm-hmm. and um, I just I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't have it not be representative of you know ballet is about precision and perfection mm-hmm. uh, so there wasn't any other way um, as far as I was concerned to, than other than showing photorealistic um, uh, uh, environments and also the the movements yeah. on the cards right it's all intentional and it is a journey right from the start to the end. Literally hmm. you see it there. And I also wanted it to look like a race and to be very straightforward. You know, this is a gateway game. So I wanted people not to be intimidated. So they look at it and say, Oh, okay, I start here. I end there. That's pretty yeah. obvious. Right. Yeah. But the, the, the unique thing about the game is it, it allows for some strategy along the way. So maybe when you first get the game as an eight year old, you know, you're playing, in a more simplistic way. But then um, as you grow into the game and your strategy skills improve, you can start uh, utilizing some of the additional tools that are available to boost your score and, you know, um, um, outwit your opponent. Are you doing like a Black Swan expansion to it? You know, I've had lots of ideas uh, from very competitive gamers of how to take this to the next level. And there is a Black Swan card. Yes, Yes. there is. But full expansion to get it dark, possibly it could be in the works. Well, not kind of, you know, kind of maybe dark, not too, a little bit dark, kind of slightly dark. Just, you know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But... (laughs) There are many evil characters in ballet. A lot of bad things happen. People are poisoned and stabbed and uh, meet untimely deaths. So it's a possibility. Yeah. Somebody always said to me, it's like, yeah, it's like, if somebody says you you can't never insult somebody who's actually a ballet dancer, because if they decide they're actually going to knock you to the floor, they could probably knock you through the floor into the floor (laughs) below that. And kind of thing like that. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I think it's, you know, I, <laughs> I kind of, my cousin used to do ballet, and I remember just, like, it was like, but you're incredibly small, and then them just kind of, you know, um, kicking through brick walls, and I'm just going, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm kind of going to leave you alone, and I'm going to kind of um, potentially kind of be quiet as well. Um, Due to the the nature of the game and the genre of the game and because it's not um kind of barbarians running about a sword have you thought about doing barbarians running about in swords and tutus because <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing and you know because and then you could use the figures from the game conan um i think that would be and you could get little kind of tutus that you put around the little conan miniatures and then you can have them jumping back and forward with their swords and you could include the bad guys in that as well i think you could you could kind of do everything but has it been well it's a night you know i'm just (laughs) if you decide to take these ideas and make them your own it's entirely up to you it's entirely up to yourself all i'm just saying is that um conan was always seen as a game that was quite delivered quite late through kickstarter and i know a lot of people had a little bit of buyer's regret and all i'm saying is if you could maybe say to people if you've got your game of Conan and if you're finding you're not playing it as much as possible, you can include this rule set with on point so you can use your barbarian characters in a kind of a dance-off type thing. Uh, I'll think about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're not sounding convinced at all. But no, um, but in all seriousness, has, has, how is it, has it been more trickier to build the noise and get reviews and engage with the media because it is a game about ballet? Yes and no. Uh, we know that this is a unique game and mm. doesn't have appeal you know, as much as a typical Conan Gladiator type of game. That's fine. Uh, but we've discovered through our promotion that there are so many people that are connected to dance and to ballet mm-hmm. and we never would have expected it. You know, um, the biggest uh, backers of this game are dance dads that are buying it because their children are in dance and yes. they want to get them as a gift and they love gaming, board gaming. So they want to play it with their children. Yeah. Um, so the people, you know, there's been so many people that used to dance or, or have children that dance. So, um, that's been a lot more than we thought. And also, too, at uh, a couple of the cons that I've been to, it's been really shocking to see how excited tr- traditional gamers are about playing it and getting right into decorating their tutu and really <laughs> competitive to try to grab I, the tiara. I think I mean, if, there's one, if there's one thing that's good about the board game community is that they're, they're kind of, we're fairly open to kind of trying kind of different things. And there's things that sell, I mean, you know, you're going, you know, going back to, yeah, there are things that are always going to kind of like sell and catch people's eyes. And you can't, you know, you know, a good looking body is always going to, you know, have turned heads, as they would say. But also, you know, the way that we're going, because I think, you know, there's games about igloos and, you know, dolphins and coral reefs and everything like that. If, I think yeah. if you said to someone, well, it's a game, what's it about? It's about, it's you know, it's ballet. I think one of the good things about the tabletop community is you're not going to get, I'm not going to play that. Because people, 
you know, again, going back to Wingspan, while there was people that went, oh, it's birds, I'm not going to play that, there was a lot of people that <laughs> sat down and <laughs> there was a lot of people, and eggs, and there was a lot of people that sat down afterwards and they got up and they went, this is, you know, this is actually really, really good. So I think people are willing, there's, there's always, I think there's always a slight fear of missing out with things. And people don't want to be kind of leaving kind of packs unplugged or Gen Con or wherever and going, or, you know, the shucks, the shut up and sit down conference and going, ah, oh, everybody's ranting and raving about that. And I just walked past the stand like the fool that I am and missed out on one of the best big gaming experiences of the show. So I think people are quite mm-hmm. happy to kind of maybe experience it and kind of, and kind of, kind of get into it, which is always, which is always kind of, which is always kind of good. Um, Absolutely. Has this given you a kind of a bug to say, you know, this is going to, f- this is funded, so people are going to end up getting their copies. So there's going to be really, really happy people, potentially ballet dads, prancing about the living room with their copy in their hand, being absolutely <laughs> delighted that I they can so. put King of Tokyo to one side and they can actually get in with a serious game and play the the black swan card but has this opened you up to say well this wasn't too bad this wasn't a terrible experience what else can i kind of kind of kind of do and with you getting more exposure in the board game community is there other game ideas which have started to formulate in your mind which you're thinking maybe i should do this next yeah, I've been bitten by the board game bug, nah. I suppose. <laughs> I have one other that I'm working on. And um, really, again, it's it's um, at the point where uh, you want to develop a mechanic and that's really unique that um, I don't want to, you know, um, assign a mechanic that already exists to the game. I have the theme in mind, but really looking to come up with something that hasn't uh, existed before. So that's a lofty goal and will take some time, but certainly um, the experience of, of uh, Kickstarter uh, is quite thrilling mm. and um, putting together the game and, and all the effort and to actually, you know, get it a printed copy and see it realized will, will be very encouraging to get me to uh, motivated to complete that one as well. Is it going to be something completely different? Are you staying within the same kind? Is it going to be more dance stuff or are you going to do, you know? It's nature. Nature. Yeah. But not birds. (laughs) But not birds. Not birds. Or eggs. We're calling it it tails spin? (laughs) Maybe. Um, But it's not birds. Is it? Not birds. No, it's not not ducks then. No, ducks are birds. Not ducks either. Not ducks. They're birds. They're birds. I'm not going to sit here and guess because otherwise you're just going to hang up on me. But um, in terms of games that you're playing now, I mean, is there games that you are getting interested in that you're starting to kind of play? Are you building up a little collection, Elisa? Oh, I'm staring at it right now. It's huge. Oh, right. Okay. 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 (laughs) Floor to ceiling. So, yeah, Uh, we're right into it now. Yeah. Um, and because I took a gap of playing board games, you know, from my childhood up until a couple of years ago, there's a ton that I'm still getting through all the really good ones, you know, um, like Pandemic, for example, yeah. that's a, a favorite of mine. And yeah. I'm playing Azul and we're wearing our tiles <laughs> out right. from playing that game. Um, 
you know, there's just, there's so many and um, really been discovering, a, a, you know, monthly a few, a few more favorites. So are you, are you, did you, did you do the art design? Were you involved in the art design for On Point then? Did you do a lot of that yeah. art yourself then? Uh, we, we did have a production artist, but I was heavily involved in the art direction, oh. you know, selecting okay. all of the uh, images that we used. Um, but certainly we had a wonderful illustrator, uh, Michael, and, you know, he put the, the magic of light <laughs> to the board game and, yeah. you know, beautiful textures um, to all the, the pieces, the game pieces as well. I could just imagine you kind of sneaking in at work and going, okay, this brief, it's all about ballet and old people. And it's like, what? We're going to be persuading old people to do ballet. So all we're going to do is I just need you to design this. And this is going to be a couple of days kind of thing. And getting people to kind of help, that's not true. Well, you know, know. um, board board games are great for brain fitness, right? And they're actually showing that, you know, you can starve uh, or delay uh, dementia or Alzheimer's by... Uh, keeping your brain fit by learning new things and board games are one of the best ways and ballet as a matter of fact but board games certainly are because they're social uh, but you're also learning something new Uh, so um, it's it's great uh, for longevity and and healthy aging yeah well i mean they're always talking about i've seen this video recently this 90 90 year old woman doing yoga and she goes look Mm -hmm. how flexible i am and it's just like what are you doing and she's just like all over the place. Yeah. You know, and she says, I'm just keeping myself fit and supple. And it's like, if I can do it, I started this when I was 60 years old and I'm still thinking, hmm, maybe there's time for me. But Absolutely. not today. Not today. But not maybe, today. yeah. Okay. Not today, not definitely. Um, maybe in the future. Um, maybe ballet? I see, I had a bad experience with ballet and I'm just, you know, I was, I thought, I thought I was going somewhere and then it turned out, you know, I should have been doing this when I should have been doing a plie and it's just, I can't really talk about it. I'll talk about it sometime, Aww. but not, not today. It's when just, you're it's ready. Still too, when you're ready. When I'm ready, it just, it just hurts at the moment. Aww. It just hurts too damn much. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> we can move that. on. We can Aww. move on. Um, In terms of, in terms of if people have listened along and they want to buy a ticket at the door, how much do they need to pledge in order to get themselves a copy of the game? Well, uh, we've got, you know, the game is 39. Uh, there's also shipping charges based on your uh, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a $50 MSRP. So you're getting a discount um, by pre-ordering it through uh, Kickstarter. So If people have listened along and they are wanting to keep an eye on your good self um, and everything that you're going to be doing in the future, where do you exist on the internet webs? Gosh. Uh, well, On Point Game is on uh, Facebook okay. uh, as well analog game studios is and that's the best way to uh connect with me and to see what future games i've got in the pipeline as well as what analog uh is offering too so analog game studios would be the best spot on instagram as well and twitter what the heck there you go everywhere (laughs) yeah everywhere um 
excellent. Uh, what I'll do is I'll also make sure that the the link to the Kickstarter campaign also goes on the in the show notes as well, and um, it'll be going out in a couple of our social media accounts um, as well. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, it's quite simple. Um, go to the internet web, search for We're Not Wizards, and you shall find us in all the various worn-out places and worn-out faces and... We have our Twitter, we have our Instagram, we have our blog, which is we're not wizards.blogspot.com. We've got our main site, which is we're not wizards.com. You can check us out on YouTube where we um, do the worst videos ever. I'm not going to even try and build them up to be anything more than they are. They're terrible, but you know, um, we're, we're, we're hoping like uh, to fail upwards, basically, as, as it seems to be a common thing nowadays. Um, if you uh, if you like what you've listened to, then go and give us a rating or a review on the podcast catcher of choice. Um, even the ones that don't have the word pod or the word cast in them, like, say, Player FM. If you like us even more, go to Apple Podcasts and consider giving us a rating or a review. If you are going to be doing such a thing, then do not give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed. But at the same time, do not crush us by giving us one star because that will make us cry. Give us something in the middle, like five... Because it's average. And we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is a rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Elisa Prashad. So Aww, thank, thank you. you ve- <laughs> thank you very, very much for coming on. There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Elisa? Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely. We are not. not wizards. Definitely not. Primas, that's what we are. You and, got it. <laughs> and the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Elisa. Say goodbye, Elisa. Goodbye, and thanks for listening. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful, and uh, get yourself on point. But until the next time, goodbye. is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.